Hey, yo, welcome to another exciting episode of Top Trio. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the Jurassic Park um, episode. It was great. I enjoyed having Alex and Jonathan on. Uh, it's been a while to actually talk to Jonathan, so that was great to get his, his insight on a few different things. And, of course, Alex brought it. Uh, and, again, uh, we have another podcast, which Alex was very adamant about, and I really <laughs> wanted to see this come to fruition. So uh, we, we, Alex and I talked. She wrote the outline, and she has something great to bring to Top Trio. I'm going to be here for comedic relief and add my two cents and uh, probably throw some jabs her way uh, for stuff <laughs> she made me suffer through. But uh, outside of that, Alex, you can take it away. Let us know what we're into tonight. Well, thank you so much, Rick. First and foremost, you're not giving yourself nearly enough credit because Rick is the only person out of our whole group that I could get to uh, uh, appease me with with this idea. And wait till y'all hear it, because then you'll understand why I couldn't even get Johnny Utah on this. Um, So as you may or may not know, Rick, you probably know this about me. I am a theater major. What? Oh, you didn't know that for real? No, for real. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I have a theater major. So I naturally learned a bunch of things that make me have a lot of opinions about theater while I was in school, which uh, makes things we've watched in our childhood look a little different. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of got to touch bases on a few of those later on after, you know, with the discussion we're going to have. So. Oh, well, get ready for this. This is going to sound very pretentious, but it's going to get really fun. So we all know a guy named Aristotle, and he had a lot of opinions on a lot of things. So way, way back in the day, Aristotle saw a lot of theater. And much like theater majors, he watched it and he's like, I have an opinion. And his opinion was the six points of drama, which he basically said makes a good theater show. And these six points in order are plot, character, thought, language music and spectacle alex so, is dropping knowledge on you all today if you don't know if you have an aristotle test coming up and it's, <laughs> it's a final exam here you go she didn't gave you the answers it's funny because i i really don't remember much else about him i remember always thinking like he's my favorite and now i cannot other than this i don't remember anything so really really showing the the, the education here um so basically, to break it down, Rick, like you're, you're a smart guy, so I don't really have to spell it out for anybody. All y'all are smart. But plot is basically the story has to be good. The characters have to be good. Uh, plot, character, thought, like the themes and the morals have to be compelling and like make you think. Uh, plot, character, thought, language, the, the, the writing has to be decent. I, I'm already getting excited for the topics we're going to discuss going through this list. <laughs> oh, uh, plot, character, thought, language, music. If, it, if there's music, it's got to it's gotta slap uh a spectacle it's got to look pretty so i thought i thought what better way to examine the six points of drama than to go through some of our favorite nerd geek musicals that have graced the stage over the years rick thank you for joining me what have you watched recently if i had to pick anything that i've really been resonating with lately um it has to be to say this um probably the teenage mutant ninja turtles musical mutagen tour yeah so i mean i don't know if it's time to go into that stuff now but i i had to go give myself a refresher on this because last time i saw this play i was about eight or nine yes oh my gosh baby rick yeah oh yeah that's a long time ago so yeah i'm, I'm not gonna put that in um in year numbers and everybody think about how old I am actually <laughs> fair enough yeah but this this was a good 30 years ago um yeah about a good 30 years ago so um it it didn't hold up through the test of time but for its time it was probably the better than sliced bread oh well uh, this is a perfect time to get into it so Rick what we're doing on today's podcast is we're going to go through a musical you liked a musical you didn't like and any other nerd musicals you liked or didn't like and we're gonna see what went wrong or right based on Aristotle's six points so I'll walk us through we'll talk okay. about this TMNT thing so Rick what was the from your best memory what it was the plot of that musical the plot of this musical was to get more money and it was a cash grab <laughs> no but uh <laughs> uh it. compelling yeah so the plot of this 
musical. I don't hate to even call it a musical at this you time. You got to call it a musical. So in the, in the 80s, early 90s, heavy metal was huge. So it's, oh my gosh. it's, he, it's heavily based on a heavy metal uh, aspect. And um, I know a lot of people have watched uh, Teen Titans Go. And this mm-hmm. is a good way to go about it. There is a special on Teen Titans Go called uh, The Night Begins to Shine. And it's one of my favorite episodes. And it's about them trying to um, not lose music. Oh. So music is like our lifeline. And there's a villain in um, Teen Titans on uh, Night Begins to Shine. And the Titans, they actually employ CeeLo Brown and Fallout Boy to help them. Get uh, out of here. Yeah, it's it is one of, it's one of the most overtop specials I've ever seen. But it's so well done and it's so 80s centric. And that's probably what it, the best way I can describe to anybody more recently. Uh, the two pretty much go hand in hand. The Ninja Turtles musical was all about Strutter trying to steal music and sound and what makes oh everybody gosh. special. Oh, that is very 80s. Yeah, very 80s, you know, Robin sound, you know, just, hey, you know, oh, you know, you you kids and you turtles, I'm taking the one thing you that you love away from you all. So, haha, I'm great. Wow, what a jerk. So, yeah. those characters must have been something then, huh? Yeah, so I, what I will say about the characters is that they did an amazing job bringing them to life. And oh, uh, they look very they look very much like the movie counterparts the only issues is they didn't have any shells uh, and they oh. wore uh sneakers and they wore uh denim vests <laughs> uh, so so let me ask you this then so for the, since they're anthropomorphic turtle people did they have like prosthetics or were they just kind of like more human like with the essence of turtle um they had prosthetics they uh they oh. definitely in costume definitely full costume outside of their feet um very uh movie like from the early 90s uh, oh 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 boy a little uncanny valley for alex that's a little like ah. <laughs> yeah so um it's uh they definitely Capture the essence of turtles. Uh, back in late '80s, early '90s, turtles were was the biggest thing on planet. And then, of course, Power Rangers came in, and that was the next phase. Ninja Turtles had a phase for about five, six years where it was just the the most dominating toy sales, most dominating franchise. And of course, this, of course, this musical capitalized on that and got kids involved and got them to you know buy stuff at the place and got them involved in the crowd and yell at Shredder. Um, oh wait so you actually saw this in person as a kid no i was really uh-huh. upset i didn't chance to go as a kid um i missed the opportunity i think they came to baltimore and i missed the opportunity uh, oh. but my friend um yeah, i think his dad or somebody videotaped it or either they had it as vhs and we watched it at his house and we were like on the lake and whatever and it was just it was a kodak moment and that's Aww. a reference to the first turtles movie people know that as well <laughs> That's amazing. Well, that's so sweet. So, okay. So it sounds like things are lining up. So we got a good plot. The characters are lovable. So uh, you mentioned, what's that? So, so one thing else I want to say about the characters before we go into the next uh, Aristotle point. Of course. So, you know, Shredder, the main villain with every story, and this is, he goes into movies. You can't have a great franchise, a great story without a great villain. Amen. The villain yes. always sells the story, no matter who it is. You've seen it through Marvel. Whoever mm-hmm. the villain is is going to determine how good the actual movie is going to be. Even though the main actor may kill it, the villain sells the story and pushes the plot, climax, and everything else. And I'm not a fan of the costume they chose for Shredder, but I have to say, and people are going to hate me for this, Ooh. this was probably the best rendition of Shredder I've ever seen off cross any platform Ooh, that's a bold claim his performance was so good in the way that he had the he had the kids crying in the crowd he had them yelling at them and he kept on talking about them and and it was just it was just wild how he was just so overbearing to where the parents are booing him it just like it seemed like the, like you know usually you go to an event of course you're gonna boo the villain just because yeah. but it's like something like there was a general census that it was just like yo we're gonna hurt this guy if he comes outside 
Oh my gosh. That's, that's so wonderful. I love that when it's that visceral child rage and fear yeah. that's just such a genuine emotion. Because he's like, what are you, what are you kids going to do? You can't do nothing. I defeated the turtles. You guys go on with your day. Go ahead and leave the auditorium. I'm done here. And he's just laughing and like the kids are crying. And you oh know, my it's, gosh. it's so bad. Like, yeah, it's, um, and then one last thing about the characters I'm going to say before we go next. Yes. I got one last thing to say. Um, one of my favorite Turtles movies, probably my second favorite Turtles movie, came out a couple years ago. It was um, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I think it was out of uh, out of the shadows. It was a sequel mm. to the rebooted franchise. I hate the first one, but the second one was really good. And um, what's his name? Tyler Perry is in that movie, and he plays, oh, and he plays Baxter Stockman. And I'm not necessarily, way. I'm not necessarily a Tyler Perry fan. Mm-hmm. I really don't care for any of his movies. I, I'm just not a Medea fan, just not an Alex Cross fan. You know, I love the name Alex, but not an Alex Cross fan. I, I was going to say, it's a very good name, Rick. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. And I hate to say this, but in that movie, he played Baxter Stockman, which is a henchman for Shredder. And he does all these uh, experiments for Shredder. And he killed it. And I'm like, oh. this. he was so good as Baxter Stockman. I would just... He was probably one of the better actors in the whole movie. And I'm just like, Tyler Perry killed this role. And I'm like, where did he get his influence from? And like, you know, where did this, you know, mantra come from? And then I'm watching, I try to rewatch, you know, the Mutagen tour. And the actor who played Baxter Stockman in this, it was night and day. I mean, it was was almost as they were exact same person. Some of the lines even match up. I, I, I can tell where he got his you know, his, you know, his feeling for the character from, because he had to watch this because he acted exactly like this dude on stage. And I was just blown away with the performance from the villains in this, in this uh, musical. So more props to uh, Tyler Perry, but the guy who played Baxter Stockman in the Mutagen tour, big ups to you too. Oh, you know what's more fun about this? It's like that Hitchcock suspense where like, I know what we're about to get into. So the fact that you really love this musical and that I'm going to spin it all on its head and tell them what you watched just recently. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. Well, that is awesome. So a good plot, good characters. So you kind of talked about thought, which is like themes and morals. And it was like Shredder taking music and stuff that made you special. So like that had to resonate with it. That resonates with anyone at any age. So would you say that withstood the test of time and that it, it held a proper importance in the theme of everything? Yes and no, because there oh. was another, there was, well, from Shredder's standpoint, yes, it did hold, you know, the test of time because I look at Teen Titans Go, the special and the night begins to shine going back to that. Mm-hmm. And it followed the same principles, the same setup almost to a T and I'm just like, you know, I, if it wasn't for that special, I would probably say no. Mm-hmm. Cause it's kind of, you know, I don't know if people know in the eighties and nineties, there was a big push on, um, you know, making sure kids had like, you know, they weren't doing drugs and they, they were, you know, they had great mental health and they were actively, you know, engaging. And, you know, there was like, I hate to say this, there was like racial issues. There was like communication problems. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things going on in the world and it was like turtles and I would say the Reagan family, they really tried to push this agenda out there to say, you know what? It's okay to be special. It's okay to be different. It's okay to stand up for what you believe in. It's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me uh, from Shredder's standpoint, because it was like, you know, he's telling, he said, he's telling, oh, you can't have a voice. You can't speak up. It may not have been that deep as a kid, but growing up, I'm like, okay, you know, he's trying to people that it's okay to be quiet and your 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 idea, ideology, or the way you speak or the way your your feelings don't matter here. Ooh, that is yeah, so, devious. And then there's one of there's one other hidden meaning, and it was probably, and this is where I kind of crap on this uh, musical. Oh, there finally. A, yeah, there was a part with Master Splinter. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I hate everything about Master Splinter in this thing. Everything. Oh, you heard um, it, you heard it here, folks. He hated everything about Master Splinter in this thing. I hated the costume they chose for him, but when he first came on, they started him off with a musical. They didn't even say very much. He started off with a musical. It's a call it's called Skipping Rocks. Oh. I'm a rat. Do do I skip rocks? Do do. Did I get it? Yeah. Cool. It, it, it was like 
he sings for like 10 minutes and it's just, oh no yeah and it's like it's like you just had this amazing scene the turtle doing heavy metal jumping up and down getting the crowd hype and then all of a sudden he comes in and they introduce him and he's telling he's telling the crowd that the kids is okay to skip rocks and the way water water is so fluid and you got to be fluid as well and you got to understand how much the impact has on water and other situations i'm like hold up these kids are like four and five this is a little too deep yeah they don't need that like whole well, you're a ripple in the pond of life kind of talk and that's exactly how it was and he just kept on singing and i was just like oh. you know you know what a good um uh, probably a good uh analogy a good comparison did you ever watch uh soul eater i loved soul eater yeah oh we talked about this you remember excalibur Excalibur. I love Excalibur. Exc He's my favorite. And he just rambles, and you're just like ah! there. And that's kind of how I feel with masculine. He just rambled this song for 10 minutes. And I'm like, dude, come on, let's get to the story. Like, I, I don't understand how. Splinter, Master Splinter, I am throwing some rocks. Yeah. I am singing the song. It's been 20 minutes. Let me say this any parent who took their kid to go see this musical more proud more power to you you are a great parent and nobody can take that away from you ever oh uh, well <laughs> wait till we talk about our other musical because boy i owe my parents a lot for that one um so so we got some good things so so far you haven't hated it rick we've got a few more we got three more okay. points to touch on so plot character thought language at, point blank it's a it's a it's an 80s musical for the children uh how's the writing I would say the writing was very, see, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm looking at the late 80s, early 90s, again, going back to that comparison, and the cartoon, the original Ninja Turtle cartoon was so overdramatic, like, I, mm. I can't even watch it right now because it's so cheesy, uh -huh. and so cartoonish. When I was growing up, it was like, you know, Moms of America hated it because they thought that it was too brutal, and, and the, the show is so campy, it's ridiculous. And uh -huh. they brought that same campiness on stage. Like, I, I, I have to give the language, like, the guy, who, the guy, all the characters did their parts very well. They had great lines. Um, I mean, outside of the singing from Master Splinter, he had great dialogue. Um, Baxter Stockman and Shredder going back, going back again had great, great lines. Um, April O'Neil, I, I think they could have done something different there for her. But all the turtles were great and actually they actually did stuff so they were on stage and then they had these big projectors on the side so you, you could tell there was stuff was already pre-recorded from like years ago because even the quality was horrible oh boy but they it integrated in so just say the turtles got sucked into a sewer or whatever like during the, the film during the um during the play the musical mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're in a sewer magically somewhere like a green screen sewer and they're they're, they're not in there for real but you can tell it's <laughs> recorded and it, the acting's a lot better oh man they're not in there i just love it yeah and then there's there's a reporter who actually goes out because this was actually in new york when they did it and he actually went out in new york and he was actually asking people in new york hey the turtles are in trouble what are we going to do like he was so great at his job being a reporter and people were like uh what the hell like who are you oh boy improvising with the common public especially yeah. new yorkers that it's, yeah. it ain't gonna so, work all the time i mean for some for some aspects it could but like i, I kind of appreciate the fact that it was done in new york like i mean the 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 video that i watched was done in new york so it was kind of like I'm sure the VHS presentation was more of a home sale with extra things you can add to it, but uh, I'm sure being inside the actual theater and watching it was probably just, ugh. Oh yeah. There's some, there's something about live theater where like, you know, when Hamilton came out on Disney plus, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing. I was sorry that I slept on it when it first came out. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like you're missing that one ounce of like the, the weird cathar and that's another principle of theater, like the catharsis of live theater where like you're sharing that experience, their emotions are your emotions. And it's this big, like spiritual ethereal thing, but you don't get the same on a VHS, but it can still slap. So yeah. the fact that these six points have reverberated off the TV screen. So let's see, we did 
Okay, language music. Uh, well, music. How was the other than Splinter's song? We know how you feel. How overall was the music? Oh, oh, man, this is hard. Um, Loaded question. The questions only get harder, Rick. We're talking okay. about a very good musical next. I made sure that I uh, I kept these on standby. So ah. the two songs that I know I really remember is one was Pizza Power. Oh. Uh, it's like Pizza Power. And they got their, and Mikey does it like a guitar solo. It's oh. pretty good. But what threw me off is when they're doing it, and it's just the turtles, and they're like talking about pizza, how much they love it, and on the guitar, it was rocking. Like you know, and like, like people say now, it's slack. The only problem with that is when the dancers came out, because I don't understand why this musical needed dancers. I mean, I understand why. Every show why. needs a chorus line, Rick. Every show needs a chorus line. And the dancers came out in Pizza Hut uniforms and were dancing. And I was like, hold on, time out, man. <laughs> yeah, like, You're time like, no! Out. I drew the line. I officially drew my line in the sand. Yeah, so it was kind of, you know, you could tell you could tell there was endorsements and advertisements. They were trying to cash grab a little bit. But they came out in the Pizza, pizza Hut gear and they were spinning around like ballerinas. And then they had another one where um, it's kind of like fight for your right to party in a sense. Okay, And yeah. it was kind of like that song, but then they had these guys come out in military uniforms and were stomping while they were oh. on the guitar. And I was like, hold on. You know, now you're doing too much. Like, I understand you need the dancers, but the story is, is captivating by itself and you're just bringing in aspects that nobody can understand why. Ooh, oh, oh, okay. You lead me to the best part. So we're going to ask about spectacle next. Now, okay. the follow-up question to spectacle was like, did any of these steps co go out of order at any time that either made it good or bad? So it sounds to me like you're insinuating, which is totally legit because this has happened. I've seen a ton of shows <laughs> where they're like, we can do cool stuff, but is it a good show? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I can extrapolate on that later. So it sounds like it points spectacle, which was really the last thing on the list, uh, usurped some of the other points. Is that what took away from what you did? Like, like if this wasn't the best show ever, were the points being out of order the the cause, or was it something beyond the show's control? I have to say, if it wasn't for Splinter's Skipping Stone song that mm. had no, there was there was no point in that song at all. Like it didn't hold any weight at all. I can see if you threw a stone later on in the, you know, the musical or they would have came back and talked about it. But once he did that solo, that was it. And that had no play. The dancers had no play. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that was out of like, I, I, I really, I really, 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 really hate the splinter thing. Mm, and that, mm -hmm. and that's, that's 10 minutes of a show. Like, if I would have paid to go to a show and have to hear that song, Excalibur, Excalibur, over and <laughs> over and it. over again, uh, as a parent, I probably want my money back. <laughs> mm, okay, well. But as a spectacle, <laughs> I mean, for a Turtles musical, in you know, for to do a presentation that big in 1990, I have to give the props. It was interactive. There was a lot of. Um, there was like confetti, there was lights, there was projections, like, you, you know, the kids got involved, like it, the atmosphere was perfect. I mean, it's, a per it's, it's the perfect storm as a, like, if I was a kid in there, I'd probably be bawling. I probably wouldn't have made it through the whole thing. Cause I probably would have got up on stage and probably punched Shredder. Oh, I would have yeah. loved to have seen that on the VHS tape that evidently still exists somewhere. Yeah. But I will say this. And, um, there was one black kid. He was in like every scene that they pointed out to the crowd, they had this one kid. And um, I hate to say this as well. I mean, this is one of those cash grab moments. Every scene they did with the kids, they made sure they had a certain nationality oh my in a gosh. group of people. So you knew like this person was Indian, this person was Asian, this person was black, this person was white. And you can tell that they were trying to get everybody involved. Like they, they did so much work and I got to give them props they did so much work to sell this to the masses to make sure every single person felt something. Oh, well, I mean, like there's good intentions mixed in there. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I respect that. I mean, for that time in 1990, I mean, 
I know we have a lot of people that were born in the 90s, but a lot of things in the early 90s were going on. It just, I mean, we, there's a lot of stuff in our world right now that's jacked up, mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff in the 90s were, I mean, I'm so happy we didn't have social media in the 90s because it was. Oh, been- amen. Even now, like, you know, I appreciate that I can keep in touch with like my peeps back east, but it's just, I, I barely read anything. It just bothers me. Yeah, uh, me personally, like, I'm off of Facebook, so I'm like, I can't even do it anymore because it's just, it, it's, it's, it's too much, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna take a second to myself and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can only imagine all the things in the '90s that we could, that could have attributed to so many different things, and then having something like Ninja Turtles, and then the Power Rangers coming after it, having those things that were so impactful and had such great meanings. There were so many people trying to push the turtles onto kids because they wanted to give them alternative to what was going on in the world. So, like, I, I, I can't hate on it. I personally, it, it's hard because it just it's two different time periods. Like I said, I would have loved it as a kid because thinking about my time and how many turtles to- toys I had and the spectacle, like I would have been all in, totally oh. Now, now I I would have asked for money back. Okay. So it's just, well, Rick, that's a perfect transition into the second musical we're going to look at, which may not answer to the points exactly. Um, uh, People listening to this lovely podcast, I want you to know that Rick did a big sacrifice for me and did me a solid and watched a show that I actually got to see live in the early 2000s. So I was a baby. So I'm dating myself here. Hold but, on, are we, do, are we doing this one right now? Or you got yes. something else you need to talk? So we're doing it right now. We're doing it now. I can't resist anymore because okay. I'm tingling. I'm okay. literally like okay. Okay. ripping my hands together. Okay, you know what? Yes. I'm, well, I'm going to interview you. <gasps> oh boy, let's do it. Yeah, okay, hold I'm on. Ready. Okay, hold on. So give me one moment. I'm yeah. so excited about this because I could talk about this for hours, which I've been pinging the chat all day. Just like, it's so good. Yeah. So give me one moment and I'm going to make this happen. Ooh, Rick, this so, is such a so, twist. Well I, well, I get this together. Let me just tell you, like every time, every two minutes, I was blowing Alex's uh, messenger up. <laughs> I was just like, Alex, seriously, Alex, stop. Like, you, this is not fair at all. Like, I, no, no. Why? Why was this created? No, like I had to question life so many times. You sent so many like Steve Harvey reaction gifts, which are my favorite because he's just so distraught at everything he sees. And I think that's the perfect reaction that I was hoping for. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, you know, like I said, Alex want to be a part of top trio. I'm going to do this for Alex. So I, I, this is one of those things. This is one of those IOU moments. And um, I don't regret it though at all. Not all okay. heroes wear capes. Anyway, hit me so, with it. I'm going to be Alex because Alex knows everything about uh, Aristotle. So I'm going to be Alex. Not everything. Yeah, Literally a little just bit. this. Um, so there's six points to Aristotle. Well, not. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. no, I'm ready. So I'm, I'm going to start with this. So um, do you want to go ahead and tell us the musical that you're going to talk about? And then I'll hit the points because this, this this is the one that you have been holding back. For <gasps> weeks. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> All right, drum roll, please. We are going to be discussing the early 2000s touring musical classic of Pokemon Live. Rick's already dying. I can hear him in my headphone. He's like, no! I can't believe this podcast is happening. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Okay, okay, cool. So, Alex. Yes. Let's start with the first point. Since you saw this live. I did. Let's talk about it from a live perspective, not a YouTube rehash okay um, yep. so i'm gonna go with the plot uh-huh. story, no was the story uh-huh. good and compelling uh okay here's the thing as a child as a wee baby child <laughs> this was the best thing i ever saw so the rose tinted glasses usurp my theater degree because i am just all about it the plot is not fantastic. As a matter of fact, I thought that they stole this plot from me when I was a little kid messing around on the playground. The plot, <laughs> the plot to Pokemon Live is, there's a few plots. We have a subplot and a plot. The plot okay. is Giovanni is back to his antics, which we'll talk about, and he makes a ultimate Pokemon called the Mecha Mewtwo, which is like 
a robotic Mewtwo thing, which again, one day I was eight years old on the playground and I made up Mecha Mewtwo. So someone must've listened to me because at nine, this was in the musical. I'm still upset. I want my residuals. Well, you're in the right place to follow a claim. You need to, <laughs> I mean, hope you still have that picture and you can go right up to any of those. You can go right up to 4 Kids uh, studio and be like, look. Look, look, I was here. I'm crying. I'm in a Pikachu shirt. I was afraid of people. I'm hiding in my seat. So he's like, if anyone can come and beat Mecha Mewtwo, I'll give you the shiny badge. Plot twist, Mecha Mewtwo only knows one attack, which I kid you not, is learn. And it uses that attack back on the Pokemon that it learned it from and always wins. And his goal is for it to be the most powerful Pokemon ever. And he still somehow wants Pikachu. Uh, so naturally Ash catches wind of this and he's like, I'm gonna go get my badge. It's not what he sounds like. Um, and, uh, and, and like, but he's like getting a little old for it. And Misty's like, why don't you like, I don't know, settle down. He's like, I want my badge. And so um, then there's like this whole subplot about getting older and like how things change yeah. and, and stuff like that. And that's, uh, we'll get to that, but yeah. So Ash goes after the badge and we learn about growing up in friendship in the process. That's the yeah, plot. It's that, not superb. Yeah. That, that is, that is definitely the plot. Yeah. yeah Rick's just like, that's yeah, it. That is definitely the plot. Like I'm sitting here. I'm just like, Alex nailed it. Like, I don't have anything else to say about the plot. Like, that's definitely the plot. There's no extra factor, no variables. That's the definitive plot. That is the plot. <laughs> it's it's a plot. It is a plot. It's yeah. a plot. It's a plot. Okay. <laughs> Since you brought up like Ash and Giovanni, yeah. let me ask you about characters. Well, so, so we're yes. you know in the same light. Characters have to be good and compelling as well. Did you get mm -hmm. that feel from them? Okay, so here's the thing. I will always be biased towards Jesse and James. I thought they stole the show. I thought they were the best part. Um, my other favorite thing is I used to be a costume character and for the people playing Pikachu and Meowth, I can't imagine them being on a stage with limited vision in a bulky costume with stage lights where you can't see anyway, having to navigate the stage. If you watch closely, like in all the musical numbers where Meowth or Pikachu are involved, they're in the corner just like not moving because they can't see. Um, it's amazing. Uh, I think that the casting was actually really good. We have Andrew Reynolds in the role of James and he goes on to be Elder Price in the Book of Mormon and oh, have wow. a really great Broadway career. That's, uh, uh, that's good to know. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. I, was if, pretty I, good. I, yeah, he was great. I mean, like, again, you know, when you're working with the writing you got, like, I thought Team Rocket just stole the show. I loved him. As yeah. far as my problems with casting, I mean, I don't know if it was just the writing though. Cause like everyone had talent. No one didn't deserve to be on the stage. Like I had fun with them. Brock was amazing. Yes. Ash's mom was great. Professor Oak was so committed. He's just like, ah, all the time. Have Giovanni the time of his life. Living his best <laughs> life. Just being yeah. like, I'm over here now. I'm like, I love this guy. I would have to say like the biggest faults were like Misty's character was completely diluted. Oh, and they made goodness. her so weepy. Cause she's not like that. She's a redhead. And Ash yeah. was just, just like, it's hard to find someone who can play a 12 year old boy and also do musical theater. So it was hard to see past that he was an adult man, but he wasn't not talented. Yeah, uh, Misty. Misty was probably the worst just because yeah, her character yeah, was I can so agree. bad. Misty, not Misty, the actress, the writing. Yeah, Misty hurt me pretty bad watching this. Um, yeah, she's not sobby like yeah. she was. Yeah, I, was I mean, yeah, I, Misty's one of my favorite characters. Brock, Brock is always my number one. Through all the whole, <laughs> whole Pokemon franchise, I've cosplayed Brock. He's my oh. guy. Uh, I love Brock to death. I was so mad in the next season when they got rid of him and brought in Tracy and he Boo, drew Tracy. He drew Pokemon and I, I'm not trying to try not to curse on this podcast. I know but, I'm holding my tongue too. <laughs> but you brought you brought Tracy in for no reason and you bring you said oh this is a water Pikachu for no reason at all. We're just gonna bring this Pikachu this ugly looking water mouse. Oh my gosh! No, and it's like. Oh, we're gonna give him sir. We're gonna give him all these stupid. Mm, yeah, you know what? Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, oh. we're moving on because I, I will <laughs> blame the hell out of Tracy. You're getting heated. Poor Tracy's like, what did I do? Um nothing. and like the, the intro, nothing. the intro was great for the new season. And then you bring Tracy. I'm like, Brock, what are you doing? Like, no, Brock, no, you need to come back. No, he was being a Pokemon breeder with 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 he had a lot going on. And then yeah. when he came back in Johto, like I literally cried when he came uh... back. I, I literally like you know, I, I, I was in I was in my feelings. I was like, oh, thank you, because this has been the worst season. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, he was good. I, I loved in the musical, they they kind of 
they give him a little more pep. And at one yeah. point he's convinced he can speak sign language and he just makes a party <laughs> gesture and everyone it's very, it's a bit of an, it's an early two thousands musical. There's a few insensitive jokes that wouldn't fly now and shouldn't have flown then. Oh, uh, yeah. They got away a lot. With a lot. They did. And I'm watching it now and I'm like, Oh, uh, and Brock definitely being like, I can speak sign language. And he doesn't, uh, was kind of like, oof, uh, that's not yeah. good. Not good. Uh, okay. Well, okay. that's character though. So, I, I stayed on that. Yeah, we, we got characters. Um, so next one is thought. Uh, ideas, themes. This was, this, this was, it was high ambition with poor execution. Um, wow. I, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. It was, I think like, look, when it's Pokemon, it followed the plot of a Pokemon episode. It followed the plot of like, there's this villain and we're going to go in and we're going to do something about it and you can't be unkind and blah, blah, blah. Like it <laughs> followed that. But the subplot is where it failed because they tried to make it this big metaphor for growing up. And like, how does that affect your goals, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations? But they diluted the characters that were key to the subplot so badly. Yeah. I was suffering. I was I was where you were with Splinter, like the everything changes. That song, like I was, oh, ready. yeah, I was done. Uh, I was done. It's coming. I was back. done. It's coming back. Yep. Yeah, yeah it hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm glad it was a one-time watch for me. I will never go back to it. But uh... I and the funny part is, in rewatching it, I didn't remember that part as a kid. So I know that's when I tapped out. Probably felt uncomfortable that there was a love <laughs> theme while I was sitting with my parents at nine years old. Yeah. So. Who's um, that? Yeah. Uh... That's a good way to look at it. Uh, I, I I can see that. It seemed like, like you said with the with the musical, like it was, it was a heck of a presentation. Oh yeah. My goodness, like I'm talking about, like for the do something like that on the stage that big. That's I mean, the stage is big, but it's not huge. And no. I'm like, and what they were able to actually do, and I'm like, hold up, like you got to remember it toured too. So so for those who who haven't seen it, which I imagine is the majority of our listeners, they made life size scale models of yeah. many Pokemon, like life size, like the Hypno was big, the Butterfree was the right size, everything was like to scale and looked like it came out of the show. That's where I really like give this show props because they had to schlep that from theater to theater to theater to theater. And they read well on stage. They didn't look yeah. legged. Am I right, Rick? Yeah, I, I give you that. And there was a couple of times on stage where they had like 40 or 50 Pokemon on stage. And I'm, I'm like, how do you move them around? You don't hit nobody. Like there's people in costumes. There's yep. actually actual statues. You know, it's just like, wow. Like you guys are all able to go on stage and put on this this dance you know and not hit each other like yeah i have to give props like i mean the stage director did an amazing job oh yeah no pretty good uh but when we get to spectacle i'll share my favorite okay. misfires on those oh boy because you'll so, agree with me with this yes. musical uh -huh. probably prop this will probably be my favorite uh aristotle point uh language the writing, huh? <laughs> oh, oh boy! Language. Oh, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> man! Wow, this one, yeah, this was—I was not ready for that. This is why I was saying I can't fault any actor in this show because the problems I had were how the characters were written and not the acting. Because they could all sing, they could all dance, they looked cute. Like I have no, like the cast, I would rehire them for something else. They. They did a couple of things dirty, but I'm going to lead with the most compelling point. <laughs> the most compelling point is the fact that in this musical, to make it work, we find out that Ash, Ash's mom, who hold on to your hats, Ash's mom boinked Giovanni and is boinking Professor oh. Oak. Yeah. That was, that was my biggest pet peeve with this was whole it? musical, because I'm like, this is somebody's fan fiction here. <laughs> and honestly there i've seen online the result of this musical created so many theories mm -hmm. oh it's, it's 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 pretty disgusting oh yeah no so like you know she's just like yeah well before i met your dad like me and giovanni and he like makes a few jokes that are uh innuendos giovanni does and i just remember watching it as an adult being like Bleh! And then I think about what did my parents feel sitting with me in the <laughs> audience with a bunch of other little children who have like the little light up pokeballs on a stick being like, ah, like, oh, thank God it went over our heads because there was a lot of sex in this show yeah. so much. And Misty was like all about getting with Ash to the point where like, you remember they're 10 and it makes you really uncomfortable. You're like, this yeah. should not be such a forced subplot. They're 10. 
Um, yeah, she really she really pushed up on him pretty hard. She oh was yeah. And she was unkind. She wasn't like a sundere where it's kind of like edgy. She was like, Ashton, pay attention. Okay, at a point, Pikachu goes missing and Misty like refuses to help because she's so sad that Ash won't pay attention to her. I'm like, I don't recognize this woman. Yes. Where's my sassy redhead? She started the whole musical off about Ash, miss- Ash missing her birthday and not yeah. acknowledging her birthday. And it's, it was three weeks ago. Yeah, it was so whiny. It was so whiny. They really did her dirty. Yeah, Misty Misty is like my hugest gripe here. And mm-hmm. um, going back to language, there was a quote that Giovanni said. Uh-huh. He was like, um, oh, he said, oh my goodness. Let me just make sure I word it correctly. I'm ready. He's, the audience is ready. Hold up. I, I, I got to look it up. I got to make sure I, I don't want to butcher it. I don't want to butcher it at all. Give me one second. Oh boy! Uh, I'm going to butcher this, and it's going to be so bad. No, no, this is I. Yeah, the world so. deserves to know. If other people, while you're looking that up, uh, you can find this fully remastered on YouTube at the present time, and they remastered it for the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. And I made all my loved ones watch it, and the fact that some of them are still my loved ones shows that I've got some great loyalty out here. Um, yeah. So yeah. it was the guy that fought Giovanni first for the uh-huh. diamond badge. And mm-hmm. I, remember, I, I went back to my conversation with you today. Uh, <laughs> and the, the kid said, hey, your arsenal isn't that big. Oh. Giovanni, Giovanni says, it's not, not the size of the arsenal that matters. And I was like, hold up, time out. Yeah, time, yeah I was like, time out, time out. Oh, I know where I know where this is going. Joke about a ding dong. Yeah, I was like, hold up. I said, what? Like, uh- <laughs> Not the size of the arsenal that matters. I said, I know what the end of that quote is. And I'm glad he didn't say the rest. I, they probably took it out. Because honestly, they had a lot of content where you're like, flag on the play. Flag on the Not acceptable. No, not acceptable. No, we're not doing that. We have kids in the crowd, people. Oh, yeah. No, and it was, I remember watching it as an adult. And again, I'm like, I could clock how many times I know that, like, my family probably felt stupid uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I was like, that would have made her uncomfortable. That would have made my dad uncomfortable. That would have made my mom uncomfortable. She probably pretended to have fun at this point. My dad fell asleep at this point. Like, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, and it's it's funny because, you know, the original anime is has a lot of parts that are not okay. And I'm, I'm kind of happy for kids chose not to add those parts because I've seen some yeah. stuff in Japanese. I'm like, yeah, it's probably yeah. good that I didn't make the cut. Yeah, I mean, as a child who watched it, I appreciate some of the things were left out. Um, But no holds barred in the live show, uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna, you know, you know, we're probably gonna have some some grown people in here, so let's go ahead and add this in here, make give them a good laugh. They drove all the way out to their local community center theater for this, so we might as well, (laughs) we might as well deliver. I think this was at a local college campus where they set it up, and again. The, my grand finale is like the spectacle because holy moly, I can't, you're going to laugh. Um, but Okay, okay, I, here we go. Are we here skipping, we go. Mu- wait, are we skipping music? No, we're not. Okay, music and spectacle together, give me both. I mean, because okay. they go hand okay. in hand. So the, the music definitely pushes the spectacle. It slaps the music. Okay, so all the music was taken from either 2BA Master or the Pokemon the Movie 2000 soundtrack. And they wrote their own villain song for Giovanni. And Rick, what's the verdict? On a Giovanni song? Hell yeah. That joint slot. Like I it's can't awesome. I, I I can't even like you know, I like Giovanni and I love the whole mafia type feel he has. Mm-hmm. And I just think the lighting and the music and the dancing was just it it, it, it like that's how I would picture Giovanni. Oh, and then if you notice they, they did a little homage to like Janet Jackson's I think it's Rhythm Nation in the yeah. dance moves, the ka yep. So good. Like, they put all the budget into that song. Yeah. But we we have a little bit of everything. We have, like, ballads and love songs and salsa numbers and <laughs> and Yo. rapping. Uh, Yo, you know, Alex, when you warned me about the salsa number, that joint took me by storm. I was like, hold up. What? Pikachu, you know there is no other attribute. Yeah. Like, what, what was the purpose of this song? To get Pikachu lost in the crowd so that they could... Which, by the way, they had, speaking of spectacle, the heckin' fish submarine that's foot-pedaled on the stage. <laughs> I lost my mind. As a kid, I lost my dang mind. Like, holy cow. Oh, my gosh. So, like, the thing is, in that salsa number, there's, like, 20 Pikachus. They're not people in costume. Those are all puppets operated yeah. by the dancers. 
Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, they, they did a. It's hard because I I can't I can't knock the effort put into this. I, I no matter how hard I try, I can't knock the effort. Oh, there was there there was effort, and then I think the writers fell asleep a couple of times. Uh, and they woke up and they're like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, sex, and they just put it in there, um, so to speak. Who <laughs> didn't mean to do that? Um, but uh, so spectacle. So Rick. Um, if this didn't come to mind already, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if how you react to what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Um, so as you know, this was a touring show, and um, when a show tours, not every theater has the same capabilities of like something in Broadway where you set up shop for like weeks and months and stuff. So like you know where your trap doors are, you can access your cat walks, your your proscenium style, your in the round like. So when a show tours, it's naturally gonna, maybe spectacle takes a hit, but you wouldn't want it to take a hit in key parts. Now, I'm gonna address the ending for this particular part. Um, let me tell you something. So the ending, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. boy, this is my, this is probably, uh, in addition to Misty being diluted, this was my, this is my favorite and least favorite part of the musical. <laughs> so at the end, Ash makes it to Giovanni's gym and they're losing the battle against Mecha Mewtwo. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, okay. And up until this point, we've seen Mecha Mewtwo fight Pokemon, but because the spectacle kind of took a hit because it was a touring production or with budget or whatever, it would be like, like the drama would be like, Mecha Mewtwo, uh, Thunderbolt. And it'd be like, of a little bit of sparkle behind yeah. the puppet. And they had to pretend the Electrode faded and it's faced it. Oh my gosh, okay. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, no, it was so funny. Cause it'd be like, Cause you can hear the drama and like the sparks yeah. are just like, oh so bad. Yeah, it, the Alakazam that comes out full scale and you're like, oh snap, we're gonna see a fight. And it's like, oh, the, oh telekinesis. And then like the puppet slumps <laughs> like a half inch. And they're like, oh no, the humanity, uh, which is great. Um, I'm probably yeah, love drama. My, like, so much drama. So at the end, the big, the big ending everybody was, Pikachu's like dying, Ash. And, and of course, Pikachu can only kind of tip to the side because the costume is super restrictive in movement. And Ash is like, oh no, Pikachu. And then this voice, this, this what we call in the theater, the deus ex machina oh. is about to make its grand entrance. The hero that saves everyone at the last second, the demigod of Pokemon, Mewtwo shows up. How does he enter? He walks on stage from stage right like he's taken the bus oh yeah that was that was that that was uh yeah it was lackluster i expected him to kind of maybe be on strings and come in and be like oh you know what this is my house and, you know you're impersonating me but he just walked on and pointed at him and then he gave some speech to ash you don't remember me but i know who you are ash and i'm like like what are you doing like this is like when I, when I think of Mewtwo, I think I think of this this character who's gonna come in. I hate to be this way. It's gonna whoop ass. I mean, he's gonna make, float. He's it, gonna float. Yeah, it's like Goku coming into a fight. You know, Goku. When everybody everybody even got their ass whooped. Goku comes in. The music changes, and Goku is like ready to power up. Not this time. He just kind of doopy 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 do. I'm Mewtwo, and he like points his little finger ball hand at the Mecha Mewtwo who's like grabs Giovanni and Giovanni's like, what's this? And the Mecha Mewtwo's like, I have learned love. And yeah. he, he commits a murder suicide, attempted murder suicide on stage. Yeah, he was and, like, and that's how oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing self-destruct three. Yeah. And then Giovanni kind of just stays there and allows him to. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, this gets rid of the fingerprints, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't, I can't have Ash's mom. So I guess I'll just go out with a pain. <laughs> I, literally no I just remember like it didn't register until I watched it as an adult I'm like I just witnessed an attempted murder suicide and one of them was successful because yeah. during the curtain call Giovanni comes out and I remember as a kid like I knew enough to know they were actors so I felt really bad like when he got booed because I'm like the actor did a good job like um Giovanni's bad but like the actor got exploded so so <laughs> it's that moment with Mewtwo but like you can imagine Rick as a kid whole audience myself included lost their little child minds when Mewtwo with no pomp and circumstance just came out and we're like ah like yeah I would have lost it right there um I, yeah 
Yeah, my parents had no idea why I was losing it. They're just like, yeah. So, cool. you know, and that made me think that, of course, the movie is tied to uh, Pokemon the movie, the first, mm-hmm. the first movie, and Mewtwo Returns because, you know, he told Ash, hey, I know who you are, but uh-huh. you don't remember me. In both of those movies, he pretty much wiped and gave Ash back his memories in so many ways. And and with only certain parents in that audience could wipe their memories in certain yeah. ways. I look, I, all things aside, like I unironically love this show. And if they ever do a revival, I would like to be considered for Jesse. I'm just putting that out there. Everything gets a revival at some point. I could I could do it. I swear I'll learn to sing in the interim, but uh I like there's so much that wasn't like there's so much that wasn't great about it and that makes it great you know like I don't know how you felt Rick but getting your messages while you watched it was 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 fantastic (laughs) I I honestly couldn't believe I mean I hate to say this whoever wrote this story I'm just like I don't understand how you sit back and be at home. Like, you know what? This story is this story is great. We're going. Uh, yeah. It's just like we're going we with this. We gave Misty an improvement. The kids are gonna love the love subplot. Woo! Yeah, it's like the fan fiction. I'm just like, and then like I, there were so many things that I love. Like, you know, I love the Pokemon jukebox songs. Like, oh, I was so. Yeah. Cute. I mean, it hit me hard like a kid. Like, hearing uh, till the end. Yeah, it was amazing until Misty sang. Oh yeah, and then it's like she she was very the, like operatic for that role, like yeah. not much of a like. And again, probably the writing being like, we need you to sing pathetically, like you're at yeah. the opera and no one cares. So like, I I wouldn't I wouldn't count that as as a stroke against the the actress at all. Yeah, till the end is my favorite next so to good. Meridian City, and every time I hear, I get goosebumps. Oh, it gets, I even got goosebumps right now thinking about that song. It, it's my favorite jukebox song. Oh, and the fact that they played that and um, they played the um, the Pokemon season two intro, yes. which I love. Um, you want to be a master of Pokemon. Oh, that song slaps. And then the only thing that really turned me off, and that's it's kind of hard for me, hard, hard for me to rebound, which uh-huh. it did rebound pretty well. But when Ash was in his boxers dancing to the intro to Pokemon. Yeah, that was a problem. Yeah, that that was a little right out that, of the that, gate. Was, that was very creepy. Yeah, I didn't like it. I, I remember watching this as a kid and half the kids were like, ha ha ha. And I immediately just felt so uncomfortable. I'm like, I was nine and I'm like, I don't like this. That's yeah, a grown it, man. Yeah, that was his Michael Jackson moment. I very Michael Jackson S. And then Misty comes in and sees him in his boxers. I'm like, Oh. I was like, come on, what are we doing? Like, what, what are we doing? Oh, oh, I will <laughs> say my favorite off any like Pokemon album is the Team Rockets rockin' song. Love uh, that song too. It, it's so good. And if I ever hear it, I try to play all three parts at once. Uh, and Giovanni. Rockin' talkin' trouble, walkin' trouble, trouble. Oh, oh so man, that's, good. My, that's my jam, man. If that came on in the club at 2 a.m., I would be like, like, go-go dancing on the speakers. <laughs> they would have to like physically remove me like one of those 10 foot poles and be like, get down. And I'd be like, damn, rock it, rock it. Like, uh, and then, you know, get kicked out of the it, club and I'd be the only justified. Because I was watching it, uh, I think it was two years, it was two years ago when Pokemon had its anniversary or something. And yeah. all the, um, there was a, uh, what was it at? It was the, it, uh, the music festival in Miami. Oh. Um, one of the um, DJs during the live stream started playing he, he he played for like two hours oh he my said, gosh you know what since this is oh pokemon go just came out that's what happened oh, pokemon go just what came it, yeah. out and pokemon ago. was like was trending the stocks were amazing for nintendo everything was going right like pokemon was worth so much money so and he got in on it and um people started to bring out the pokemon go phones and oh they turned the lights off and people were holding their phones and he started playing the intro the first is the opening oh, one to Pokemon, the and he played a he played a dubstep remix. Oh my god! People in the crowd was losing. I'm like, hold up, what year is this? Ah, and he's like, everybody, if you love Pokemon, let me hear you scream. And like, you hear all these people in Miami who's probably on E, uh-huh. everything else, got the Pokemon Go phones out, and they're just yelling and screaming and dancing to Pokemon. I'm like, see, that's the crap that would excuse my friends, but I got my ass kicked grade school dance some pokemon song rick now now you're the mainstream you're you're the no, top of the social I, food I'm chain over, now 
Yeah, I, I see kids wear Pokemon shirts, anime shirts now, and they're cool. And people love them, and they can go out on the girls love them. They can go out on dates. They can buy the stuff in the store. They, they aren't ridiculed. I'm like, man, the the price I had to pay for the kids mm-hmm. to enjoy life right now. I was like, hate to sound like that old guy on the stoop, but damn. <laughs> You know what, Rick? Well worth it. And yeah. considering what what you went through, I am all the more flattered and honored that you took two hours of your life to watch something that I I unashamedly only for enjoy. you. Oh, oh, you're so kind. Only well- for you because you're part time trio, and I can see what I'm saying. You want? I know you wanted this podcast, and I was. You know what? Everybody was kind of like, "No, we're good. We, we, we're kind of going to sit back on this." So I'm like, you know what? We're doing it. I, I got Alex. This is happening. I'm going to watch. You know, actually, I wasn't going to watch it. You're like, Rick, watch Pokemon Live. I'm like, no, Alex. And you're, you're like, like yes. watch it. And I was like, are there acts, Alex? There's really not acts, kind of just one play. I'm like, I need to know if there's like intermission because I'm like, if I get tired of watching it, I can stop it. And uh-huh. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, finish the job, Rick. I'm so appreciative. I'm excited to see, you know. What other we? I know we just posted a thing in the in the group today to see whatever their people's musical preferences are, and yeah. uh, we'll just see what happens. But Rick, yeah, you are free from my theater degree. Aristotle says you're good to go. I can't speak for him. I don't know him like that. But thank you so much, Rick, for for your your dedication and for treating me so nicely. So let me just tell you. I, I just want to ask you one thing. All right. Before we kind of wrap this all up into a bow. Sounds good. Right now, mm-hmm. what grade would you give Pokemon Live from one to five? Four stars. Four stars? Oh, wow. Well, that's the nostalgia talking. Let's take yeah. the nostalgia out three. Yeah. And that's kind of where I go with Turtles. Like, I, I see yeah. that I, I'm just like Pokemon Live for the effort that was given on stage mm-hmm. and for the immersion that I would have felt if I was actually in the crowd. Uh-huh. It, and like, I would have to give it a four just based off of the magnitude of what was shown and what was done on stage. I mean, on a stage, not like a, like a rink or like an open arena, on a stage, mm-hmm. that was pretty impressive. That, yep, gotta give it to you. The it story of the stuff I could nitpick at, the script, mm-hmm. but the presentation alone was, I mean, that was top tier. I the dedication was there and because of that like you know the three is if i'm being a hard ass the four is like look yeah did these people you know other than maybe a few writers really go for it they absolutely did like i i would not other than a couple of writers fault <laughs> anyone on like anything the spit like the the puppets alone the costuming the characterization like everyone took it seriously and didn't treat it like just a kid's franchise. So like, you know, I would score the actors way above the spectacle, way like like everyone who worked on the show deserves to me a Tony, Yeah. Uh, except for the writers. Um, but <laughs> watch, they're gonna find me and they're gonna kick my butt. They're gonna be like, oh, we're in LA, we'll find you. And maybe they'll say, oh, that's valid. Or like, could you write something better? In which case I would put my own fan fiction on stage and then coming to a city near and, you. And I would glad I would be the first person to buy tickets. I'll be in the front seat because I know it's gonna be good. I hope you enjoy the love subplot because Dash's mom is at it again. Uh, so, but yeah. Uh, as long as, as long as it's not Giovanni and Professor Oak fighting over Ash's mom and making her the damsel in distress, uh, I'm good. We'll make it Mr. Mr. Mime and Brock just to switch it up and make things. I'm cool with that. Like, All right. I, I'm cool. And I'm just, the Giovanni thing. And, and then, you know, when Ash and Giovanni had that discussion, I was like, Ew. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, dude, you're not his dad. And Ash, she's not your dad. Like, you, y'all should be talking like that. Like, it just felt like there was like a, a father complex there. You know, well, maybe it's here. one of those plot twists that maybe Ash's mom got a little busy in close succession, proximity to another boink. And, and then, and then, ooh, who's the dad? I don't know. Yeah. And it seemed like the she sequel. was really in love with Giovanni. Like I left him and it was right before I met your dad. I'm like, I'm like, mm, your, your, son, your son is 10. Like these, this is not a discussion you have. If you were worried about him growing up too quickly before, don't now because yeah. the, the damage has been done. But yeah, hey, coming hey, to a stage near you. Hey, Ash, I got around. Just want to let you know. And 
you're 10, you won't get any of this for maybe, uh, you know, a, a while, but uh, don't ask too many questions on the next Father's Day. Yeah, well, well where's my dad? Yeah, I told you he's a Pokemon trainer, but where is he? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Details, yeah. details. Yeah, saying he's a Pokemon trainer, that's like everybody <laughs> in the world. Way to be vague. Yeah. Good job, yeah. but... Yes, I capture, I, like, one, I capture one Pokemon, so I'm a Pokemon trainer. Hey, that's there's an innuendo in there, but I'm 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 not gonna do it. I'm not I'm not gonna do it, Rick. But why not? Uh, that's not the only. She's a Pokemon that needs to be the training that yada yada. Okay, you know everybody, y'all have a good night. That was a little too much, you know. You <laughs> work it, a lot, you know, girls. It makes things out. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Rick. No, it's all good. It's all good. I, I think, I think, uh, much like Giovanni, we can put this one to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he definitely went to bed. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 Professor Oakes.